We the GamerCast is powered by the You, Me, and Capri Patreon. We want to say thank you to some people starting with our Diamond Executive Producers, Slimer Snarf, Lee Navarro, and Jonathan Brown. Also, our Platinum Producer, Robbie Bobby Miller. And then to our Gold Level Patrons, like James Johnson, Jean Kay, Skinny Matt, Ashley Nicholson, Becky Grockmall, Trucker Sloth, Argo, Egg Shen, and Ray Sony Pony Martinez. Thank you everyone for all of your support. It's me, Sean Capri, and welcome to We The Gamer Cast. It publishes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, and maybe to Amazon soon. Is that even a thing? It publishes on Mondays, but patrons get it first. They get it on Fridays. Thank you for subscribing. I guess, depending on where in the world you are, it's Friday. Uh, thank you for uh, subscribing, rating the show on Apple Podcasts, for sharing, for telling your mom, for telling a friend, for telling your grandma, and for sharing it while socially distanced. I hope you guys are doing great. I am having a extraordinary day. I have to say it has been a very challenging year. As I've been saying, very challenging week. It's been life has been hard, but I put in some work last night. I played some games with Jace, played a little bit of destiny, but I was like, you know what? I've got to, I've got to put the games aside because I got to make sure I got, I got, I had to do some work. I was working at this desk until three in the freaking morning. I did it. To, I could have been done earlier if I just didn't play games. I don't want, I'm not looking for sympathy, uh, but I was up late. I was putting in time, putting in good work. It wasn't just like wasteful. Like I'm like plodding around. Very, very good work. Very happy with it. Had a great day today um at work but that's the boring stuff and i'm getting too far ahead of myself because if you're new here's the deal every week i have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet and if you want to be on the show uh tweeted me at sean capri sean like connery capri like the pants okay back to today today i got three phenomenal emails like three of like like i kind of wish that they were spread out a little bit it's almost too much goodness happening all in one day i am so excited to share more with you guys i can't just yet but i just want to let you know that things are happening and they things that happen today they don't happen without your support without your support on patreon without your support on twitch without your support at youtube.com slash whatever the xbox drive thing is and i'll I'll get to the xbox drive all the things you engage on twitter you do all you're on the discord all the things you download the podcast everything that you do i can't there like there is no one thing it's all of the things they all matter and they make things like what happened today they make them happen i am so blown away i'm so excited there's so many things to talk about you guys uh, i hope you caught last week the episode with rebecca rubin navarro I, man like week time is just like flying by i feel like i just published that episode what the heck is going on did you guys like it i loved it Rebecca is awesome, and we talked about Extra Life, and the reason I wanted to bring that up is because it is official. I am announcing uh, that I, Sean Capri, will be running for Extra Life in 2020 as part of the Phoenix Overdrive team once again, two years in a row. A uh, little late to the game. I'm sorry about that. I actually wasn't sure if I was going to be doing it, but uh, there's something about talking to Becky and talking to Lee um, I was just kind of talking to him about like, how is this going to actually like work? And then before I knew it, I was like signing up and here's the thing, you guys, I have a very ambitious goal. 
we're all kind of like spread out. We're not going to be able to do the in-person thing like we did last year. Uh, we're not all on Phoenix Overdrive scene. That's fine. Everybody's kind of doing their thing. I'm not even just saying that to be nice. It's totally fine. Like who the hell even knows what's going on. But here's what I can tell you right now. Kevin Austin, I'm coming for you, my friend. You think that you can just go on and raise all the money for the kids? Well, I'm not having it. You are not raising all of the money for the kids. I'm going to raise all the money <laughs> for the kids you can't well i I think he's actually going to do really really well but you yes you can go to extra-life.org slash participant slash sean capri that's about as easy as it gets right extra-life.org slash participant slash sean capri i have a twenty five hundred dollar goal i'm gonna do it i've donated ten percent myself i've gotten myself up up off a zero with which um free tip if you want to be successful at Extra Life, be your first donor, everybody. Be the first one and give a gift that you hope other people will give as well. And you will reach your fundraising goals. I damn near guarantee it. Another way that you can reach your fundraising goals is to buy, is to give away some prizes. I can't, I can't tell you guys what prizes are happening just yet, but it might be related to some of the emails I was talking to earlier. So be aware. Uh, you don't have to wait for me to announce the prizes for you to be eligible, but You'll be excited to hear that. Uh, you can donate right now. Extra-life.org slash participant slash Sean Capri. Donate now. Please give generously. Save the children from Kevin Austin. <laughs> from PSPGI. I'm just kidding, man. I just hope it's, it's just jokes. It's just, it's just jokes, but I'm going to absolutely destroy you at this. There's no, there, you have no chance, no chance in hell. Um, the other thing that I want to mention quickly about Extra Life before we move on to, into my chat with Marcus O'Neill, a fellow Canadian, a fellow Edmontonian, it's an all-Canada episode uh, coming at you guys very, very soon. Um, the, the fundraising, I wanted to talk about that first. Second, we're going to be playing games on November 7th. So even though we're all uh, all in different areas, we're all in different teams, whatever, I really hope that we can get something going on. Hopefully you guys are all participating in Extra Life and you're doing so on November 7th. I'm going to be starting at 8 a.m. Mountain Time. That's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, and going for the full 24 hours. I hope my wife is okay with that. <laughs> Pretty sure she's all right with it. Um, what else do I want to tell you guys about that? Because I want to play games with you guys all. Uh, and if you haven't, oh, the last thing I wanted to tell you is if you haven't registered, if you haven't joined a team and you don't have a team to join and you'd like to join, you want to do the thing, you've never done Extra Life before, whatever, hit me up. We'll get you set up. Uh, please, you can join the Extra Life or the, the Phoenix Overdrive extra life um it's a good time man it's really great it'll be proud that you did it if you haven't done it before if you've done it before and you don't know where to do it this year i've got your back you can do it here with phoenix overdrive by the way um this is like i just finished work uh i wasn't able to get this out as soon as i i I wasn't able to record it sorry when i when i normally do but that means i've got a fully warmed up voice i've been talking all day nobody's home chelsea took the kids out to like uh i guess ikea or something um it basically just means that i can you know hang out here record the podcast and then play some sweet sweet video games and stuff my face full of healthy food because i would never be you know uh um irresponsible with eating when nobody's around i definitely wouldn't do that so that's it I'm yelling at you guys. I'm excited. I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited about Extra Life. I'm excited about the YouTube channel. Please, thank you. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe to the Xbox Drive on the YouTube. You can look it up on the Xbox Twitter. The link is all there. Soon, we'll have youtube.com slash the Xbox Drive. But we're brand new. We're already at 140 subs. Thank you guys all for all of your incredible support. I'm rambling on too much. So let's just jump on in to my wonderful, wonderful, open and honest conversation with the one, the only Marcus O'Neill. 
Yeah, I mean, it, birthdays, I, the last few birthdays have been tough. So I, I turned 40 last year. Oh, so yeah. it, uh, you just start, you start to reflect a little bit more, I think, at uh, these kind of milestone types. And yeah, I wasn't, uh, uh, yeah. It didn't. It wasn't great. I don't you, know. You look. You look very young, and I have a feeling that has something to do with like what you eat and how active you are, which I do want to get to. But sure. how how was forty? How was like like I don't want to breeze past that. Like what was what was that like? <laughs> I just I just watched it. I walked by a neighbor's house, and apparently he turned fifty three, and yeah. the wife or whatever got him one of those like the 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 lawn like the yard kind of decorations and stuff. And the yep. sign outside said like he's old as dirt, and it's like he's fifty real man like leave him alone it's not that old i kind yeah. of felt bad for him but yeah 40 is supposed to be i don't know have we like hyped up 40 is it should we be worried uh, about 40 well so i think it, it well sure it depends i think you, i think it's certainly a time uh at least it was for me to reflect right you're, you're right. kind of and whether or not you know you kind of um you've done the things you thought you would do by this point i think it, it just because mm. of that that big number you, you really yeah. do reflect that and certainly some of the things I've done that uh, I didn't expect and I'm happy that I've done and then there's been others that you know you it's the other way around so, right uh, yeah yeah what, what have you not gotten around to like do you keep a list because I've I have I like and I subscribe to the idea of a bucket list but I haven't made one which is mm-hmm. I think a little bit odd considering like just right here is a giant list of yeah. things that I actually need to do it's and and oddly enough I've kept it mainly to work um, yeah. but I'm definitely like the to do type of like, even I've got lists, I've got lists everywhere, man. I've got pages yep. here. Um, but I don't have a bucket list. I don't know why. I don't think that I've got that unhealthy relationship with my own mortality, at least not yet, but yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. So are there things that like, you know, that you wanted to get to that you haven't yet? Or is there just like, as time goes on, you're like, Oh shit, that <laughs> forgot yeah. about that. Well, so a big a big thing for us, and uh, it's probably was going to come up at any at some point in the air conversation, is is a, a family for us, right? Yeah. Um, so we've uh, my wife and I have struggled with infertility uh, for years, and um, I guess kind of like the idea of seeing like our friends and uh, family members and people the same age all having kids and. Um, yeah. us not getting to that point. Mm-hmm. So that was, I think that's, that's probably the toughest aspect of the, uh, um, uh, of that milestone birthday. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I am happy to talk about it too. It's not, it's, it's one of these things I think that people, when they, um, when they hear about it, uh, they think it is a sensitive issue and it's not that it's not a sensitive issue, but it's not something that I'm, uh, me or, or my wife has ever been really, um, reluctant to discuss. Yeah. So free to ask. Well, tell me about it, man. Yeah. Tell me about the journey. Cause I, I feel like people in a relationship, I think come to, you know, come through that journey in different ways. And Chelsea and I, even before we got married, um, we talked about like, you know, all those plans. I think like most people should before you actually get sure. married, like, what do you actually want to do? And, you know, and Chelsea's such a, she's, she's such a planner and she's always thinking about like all these different contingencies. And, you know, I think what, I think for women, they have like a, just a different perspective, just naturally on this sort of thing than, than guys do. Like we're not really thinking about it in the same way, at least not the, the exact same time. It's usually a little bit later, sure. at least it was for me. And so like for Chelsea, she was a lot like, you know, if things don't work out or if there's problems and I just kind of like looked at that, like, 
why are we always looking at like the worst case scenario <laughs> all the time? Like it'll probably be fine. Like it's fine for, you know, for so many people, but like that was even like a clouded and totally like uneducated point of view because it was based on like what people talk about, which is almost nothing. Like people really, mm-hmm. you don't really hear about until I started doing this show and I started hearing like these incredible stories and, and struggles that people have had and lost children and things like that. Just, just horrendous stuff. And so before we got married, like we had talked about, like, would we ever adopt? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I could, I could see myself doing that. And then before, um, Chelsea got pregnant with Lincoln, there was a good while there where like really nothing was happening. And we had to start thinking about like, okay, what about like that plan B that we had laid out? And I have to admit, like when that came up, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that, even though I had said, and it was a really, conflicting type of moment for me of like i said that i would and now that we're here i don't know that i would so i have a lot of respect for people who go through that who actually like push through sort of infertility issues and things like that to go through the adoption process because it's that's a big decision so i'm curious like for you like what was your journey going from like not like maybe like did you always want to be a parent and like, how did you kind of come through that journey together? Well, I think, well, I don't know. I, I don't want to say, I think most people probably just kind of have the expectation that they, they will. Yeah, so it just will happen. Are, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, it, you know, it wasn't anything that was super pressing. And, and certainly my wife and I wanted, you know, to be in a stable financial situation and have sure. a, in a good spot to be able to start a family. So we were... Um, I think we were both 30 at the time when we decided to start trying. Mm-hmm. How and long you had, just, How long were you married by then? Um, we got married uh, 20, so four years, 26. Okay, okay. yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, we had been together for five plus years prior to that too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so we started trying and, you know, after – Basically, the the way that it goes is like if if you've been struggling for about a year mm-hmm. and it still hasn't happened, then you can start to examine options and look at go start getting some testing done and stuff right. like that. Right. And all the testing that we had done um, indicated everything was normal, no issues. Oh no yeah, issues, awesome. Issues, no problems. <laughs> yeah. It's a double edged sword, right? Like you you, well, you yeah, kind of. So, don't want like a negative result, but also like that would tell you something. Yes. Yeah. It really is a, that a double-edged sword is a, is a perfect way to describe it mm-hmm. because I remember, I remember our fertility doctor at the time he had said, you guys are easy. This yeah. is perfect. There's nothing yeah. wrong here that we don't have to do anything we just have to maybe, you know, help, help things along. And so there's, you know, there's different stages of, of procedures that you end up having to go through. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we went through kind of the 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 first stage of procedures where basically what basically what they do is they they take um they just try to time getting the sperm and the egg together at the right time sure they don't do anything they don't they don't they're not extracting eggs this isn't ivf yet this is Mm -hmm. um i can't even remember the term off the top of my head but basically they're just timing it with the with the the uh, female cycle and they just put the sample in there and hope for the cross your fingers and hope tell you to go so, get drunk because that's when it always yeah, happens you know yeah, exactly. you're just wasted yeah. and you're like and knocked up yeah. perfect yeah so we did that and you know we went through three cycles of that uh didn't work 
And then um, the next one was a step down from IVF. And again, I'm, the name of it is escaping me, but um, that one didn't work. And then we tried an IVF cycle and that didn't work. And then we were like, we need to take a break from this. Yeah, yeah no kidding. It's all it's all consuming. It's all you're thinking about. It's yeah. very stressful, like which is Incredibly completely stressful. counter what you need. Yeah, 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 of course. And so we took a break for a little bit and, and we actually, um, we ended up, uh, things were, I guess, maybe uh, str- just stressful, partly because of that, partly because we were a little both frustrated with our jobs at the time. And we ended up, mm-hmm. uh, my wife took an opportunity um, that she had to go teach in Egypt. So we went there for a few years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is kind of a, a little side sidetrack. But we ended up doing a few, um, after a year and a half, we were like, well, things are actually quite a bit cheaper over here. Yeah. You living okay over there? Yeah. So we're like, well, let's try try a few cycles of IVF over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, not just like regular consumer goods. I thought you were just telling me about your oh, lifestyle. Well, like, okay, so still on the journey. Everything is a little bit cheaper there. But, yeah. uh, but uh, so we tried, uh, we did, ended up doing three, four more cycles of IVF yeah. uh, while we were over in Egypt. How long were you there for, did you say? For three years. Three years in Egypt. Did you know yeah. you're going to be there that long, like when you left? When we left, it was it was a two year thing. So my wife signed a two year contract. Come on to teach, to teach there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's uh, teaching. Oh, okay. Yeah, she taught at a Canadian school there. Actually, mm-hmm. so how um, does that work? Like on some sort of like embassy or something? Not quite. No. So they have a quite a uh, uh, I don't know a history or at least a private schools there. So they okay. have a public uh, education system, but. Um, anybody who can afford it uh, d- uses these private systems, and they tend to be these international schools. So they're British schools or American schools, mm-hmm. and there's a few Canadian schools. I think there's German. So this is all in Cairo. Oh wow! And, okay. Uh, uh, so anyway, so and the the graduates of those schools uh, are able to they get a diploma, a high school diploma from that country. Yeah. So they, oh, they, interesting. The university or in those uh, in those countries, the the qualifications like translate, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's fascinating. Okay, so yeah. like, is that is that is that like a goal? Is that like a prestigious type of thing for people living in Egypt? Is that like are they basically like get me out of here? Kind of like this is my ticket. Well, so somewhere certainly. Else, or? Yeah, I think so. These these schools are not cheap. They're yeah. expensive. So. Yeah. Um, they tend to be people of means that are able to send their kids to these private schools. And there's different tiers. So there are, you know, Egyptian private schools as well um, that are a little less prestigious and less expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So these kids, they, they often, a lot of the kids, at least at the Canadian school that my wife taught at were dual citizens. So their, their parents were Egyptian Canadians. Mm -hmm. So they wanted their kids to be able to be able to go to university in Canada. Right. Um, and graduate with that. What so is these, everybody? I don't even know. Like, I feel like this is a country I hear all about, but I, as I'm thinking about it, like, I know very little about it. Cairo sounds very densely populated. Um, do, do they speak <laughs> English it, there? Like, is that like putting it lightly? Densely um, populated. So, Egypt uh, has a, a history of like the a colonial uh, sort of aspects. So the British were there for 
sometime uh, mm-hmm. in the early 20th century. 20th century, yeah. So, um, so there is kind of like this history of English there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not widely spoken, but we happen to live in a, I guess, a suburb um, where a lot of expats lived, and okay. English is pretty widely spoken there. Yeah, you know, it certainly helped to be able to pick up a little bit of Arabic, which mm-hmm. was hard. Um, but, uh, for the most part, you could get by with English pretty good. So, okay. So can I take a step back? Like yeah, yeah. why Egypt? Like how did that come about? Why, why of all the places that she could have gone, I'm sure that there were maybe options. Like, why is it like, is there, is there some sort of connection? Like as in, in terms of heritage for you or your wife? Like, I'm not really sure. Like I can't, t- I can't tell. <laughs> and yeah, O'Neill so, doesn't sound you know, very Egyptian. It's it's funny you say that. I have a there's a, a running joke uh, amongst my friends that I have an ambiguous ethnicity. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I often got stopped on the streets in Egypt, asking, being asked for directions in Arabic. The taxi yeah. rolled down their window and asked me for directions. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't. <laughs> so. Um, so no, there's no I connection. I feel way better now. <laughs> <laughs> there's no connection. Um, it was re- it was the first opportunity that came about. We were both looking for international opportunities. To That's be honest. cool. Yeah. Uh, and this was the first one that that came about. We ended up we started looking. Um, this was in maybe March. Mm-hmm. Uh, I happened to find this opportunity as I was searching for stuff for myself. And I yeah. was like, Here, Lindsay, you might be interested in this. She applied, got an interview. Oh my god! We, like within a month, we had accepted it, and we were we moved late in the summer. So Holy within months, we were gone. Um, so we were like we said, we were looking for a change from mm-hmm. work, and then also just to kind of get away from this this funk that we had been in for a little bit because of the the fertility stuff. Yeah. So. And we we wanted to we were looking for something abroad specifically. We love travel. Mm-hmm. We love uh, you know we wanted something different. So yeah. that it was that. Yeah, it, was <laughs> you go, it doesn't yeah. get much more different than <laughs> freaking Egypt. Yeah. Holy crap, man! Holy, yeah. That's yeah, great yeah. though. Okay, so yeah. you're there for three years, and like, did did you ever consider staying? Like, did you want knowing that it was only a two th- two year thing? You obviously extended mm-hmm. it a year. Like, yeah. did you think longer at any point? So uh, we thought about it. We definitely thought about it. It. Um, so my wife is a teacher, and so she has a permanent position here. In mm-hmm. she's actually in Sherwood Park, so she, uh, where you are. So um, she didn't want to give that up. She was able to mm-hmm. take a leap, and so we we weighed it pretty uh, strongly. We were pretty keen, although we had. What ends up happening with a lot of these teachers that end up going and teaching at in Egypt, but there's, they're almost they do a bit of a circuit. They spend right. like a year here, two years there, and then they, they're traveling all over the place. So we had, I think, our time in Egypt had run its course mm-hmm. after three years. Yeah, but we had talked about um, maybe potentially going somewhere else. Sure, um, and looking at other opportunities, but it. Uh, we ended up wanting to come back to Canada after the three years, to be honest, it was it's a long time. We were missing some stuff and it's not mm-hmm. like we didn't, we didn't come back to Canada in, in between that, but yeah. uh, it, uh, we were just ready to come home, I guess. at that. So point. what, what years were these again? Do you, like, I don't know necessarily know if you want to like 
be yeah, super no specific about stuff. I'm mostly I, I have a video game related question. When yeah, I think yeah. about like the timing on okay. this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um 2013 to 2016. Okay. Okay. So you're, I can't imagine you're like packing up like a Wii U or anything like that. I brought my PS3 with me. Did you really? Yeah. So yeah. we, so we, um, uh, we were able to bring a carry on and one bag with us. That's it. Oh, really? Okay. So what was the flight like? Why, why the weird sort of limitations? These are the limitations. We, we, we were only, I, to be honest, maybe that, do you, you know what? It's possible we could have brought extra bags. I'm not sure. Sure. Okay. So, so I had one. I feel okay. Bag. I feel the same so way. Like, just, yeah, it may as well be a hard limit. Bags. If it's going to cost me money, <laughs> just tell me it's not allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so, so I packed. I had a big duffel and mm-hmm. just my uh, carry-on backpack. Yeah. And we basically that we and I was able to put my my PS3 at the time mm-hmm. and truck that way. I didn't even know if we were going to have a, a TV in our apartment. Oh. And, uh, my. We didn't have any any uh, our accommodations. You didn't works. even know where you're gonna stay. No, no. So what? This is actually pretty interesting. What they do is they bring they pick all the teachers up and all the teachers' families up at the airport, mm-hmm. put you on a bus. Then you put they brought us and we stayed at a hotel for a couple of nights. Yeah. And you know, after I think the first night, we started going out and they basically would tour us around in a group to mm-hmm. uh, various apartments that were available for rent. And if you were interested in any of these places, you let them know, and then they would negotiate rent with wow. the land. Yeah. So all I can uh, think about while you tell that story is like the heat. All I can think, I can actually start to like <laughs> picture myself like just crammed in with like this big group. I just want to. I'm sticky. I'm thinking it's just like get yeah. away from me. Like oh my yeah. gosh, it must have been just so freaking hot all the time, man. It was. Yeah, air conditioning is pretty common. So yeah. if, you're, if you're able to stay inside, it's not too bad. Oh my but, gosh. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's surprisingly humid there too. Mm-hmm. So you did uh, have a TV in the place, like you were like so we did. Yeah. <laughs> This square TV, 14, maybe 16 inches, at old TV. Yeah. Um, so we stayed there first year. And then the second year I was there, I was like, no, I got to get a, something that I can hook my PS3 up and mm-hmm. get a decent flat screen. And we got ended up in a, a second apartment after after the first year. Oh, then. really? That was the option. You had to, like, you couldn't even just, like, go buy yourself a TV or anything, or it was actually just a better option to change spaces altogether. <laughs> I could have bought a TV, I suppose. I could have bought a TV. So, to be honest, some of those things, again, I'm cheap, Sean. I'm cheap. Yeah, I'm so, with you, man. No, I get it. <laughs> but what am I going to do with a TV after? I'm going to have to Good sell point. it. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, um, so no, yeah, I, I pulled up the chair. I was like sitting like three feet away from the I television playing my PS3. And at the time, I wasn't working. I didn't have anything when I moved there. I was just I was just along for the ride, right? Yeah. So I was able to get some good gaming time in and 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 catch up on a few what, things. I, what about internet? Like this is a th- these are the things I think about when I think about moving. And every once in a while, Chelsea and I will think about like you know what if we were to move, it would be great to get like a little bit more space, like go out and kind of like out east of Shore Park, even or Drawson or something yeah. like that. So like. Yeah, yeah. Big open fields, especially for her as a photographer, like she could use the fields, like ungrown, like uh, overgrown kind of fields and stuff. And those make for really good pictures. So we could actually like make it make sense in terms of like our lifestyle and stuff. But like we both are like, what are the, like, what's the internet like? like yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. also water and, you know, electricity and things like <laughs> sure. that. Yeah. But like, what's the internet connection going to be like? So because I can't imagine that like 
you know, you're not going around the corner to a Best Buy in Cairo to pick no. up like new games. You're like, were you kind of stuck with what you brought with you or were you able to download stuff? Yeah. So the, the internet, so we had, we were able to have internet. We had Wi-Fi in our apartments. It was just really slow. You don't kill so, um, the fortunate thing, it was slow, but there was no data caps. So mm-hmm. at least I wasn't paying extra for it. So if I, so I was basically just doing digital at that time. I yeah. didn't bring games with me. I was just doing everything digital. So mm-hmm. it didn't work out too bad, to be honest. So but, how long, how long until like, did you spend the entire three years like unemployed or were you like, what did you do the whole time? How do you spend three <laughs> years? And yeah. like, I have so much respect for this entire thing because yeah. It's something I think I, it sounds very adventurous. It sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like a great story. I've never done it. And I yeah. guess like, does that mean that I just never would? I, I'm not really sure, but it's just like, I think it takes a lot of courage to just like upload, uproot your life for any amount of time to not know where you're going to be staying on the other side to a country like you have never been to. Everything is so uncertain. So like, yeah, like how, how was that being uh, not, like you being there kind of along for the ride? Did you did you find something to do while you were there? I did. Yeah. So I started out. So as you know, we've discussed in the past. So I uh, I am a dietitian. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that I had wanted to do a little bit more of when I left was to do some writing. So I had started a blog and kind of with a nutrition and, and travel travel kind of focus um, it was mostly, it ended up being mostly just for friends and family back home, but, mm-hmm. uh, it helped me give me something to do. So, um, I also, so I ended up starting, uh, in addition to the blog, I just contacted a few like English language publications yep. that they had over there and volunteered to write for them. So I was writing health and nutrition articles for a few different magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, one of these opportunities uh, for one of the magazines was their their magazine editor was going on a mat leave. She was she had to leave because she was she was having a baby. Mm-hmm. So um, she knew I was still looking for work. Yeah. And she's like, you want to do that? I was like, sure. That I sounds think I- awesome. So I ended up working as a magazine editor for about two and a half years. It was after about six months that that, that ended up playing out. Yeah. Um, and so I wrote, I, I continued writing my nu- nutrition column, but I also had to edit the rest of the magazine. Had you and ever done anything like that before? No. no. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I mean, it, what it was, was that like? So it was okay. It, you know, it... So a lot of the the writers that we so it was all volunteer writers. Sure. This was a magazine that was put out for expats living in Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, trying to. It was out of uh, like a community center for kind of for lack of a better term, kind of a community center for expats living in in Egypt. Sure. Yeah. So um, it had lots of like tour uh, information and you know history stuff and. We were soliciting articles from oftentimes non-English speaking people. Or, mm-hmm. So not, not non-English speaking, not English as their first language. Right. Yeah. So um, having uh, just somebody that can go over some and make sure that the grammar is right and stuff mm-hmm. like that was, was uh, really important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's necessary. And so it, a lot of it was that and just keeping people like it was it's project management more than anything else, which is something sure. that I am familiar with. So right. it was just making sure people are sticking on deadlines, 
nagging people with emails and lots of stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, uh, it was a good experience. So I ended up writing my art- article every month and, uh, then it was a, basically a halftime position. Yeah. As magazine editor. So after about six months or a year of doing it, they also happened to have a gym on site. So I started doing nutrition counseling out of their gym. So I was doing the nutrition counseling and doing the magazine editing. So it ended up working out okay. Uh, That's and great. Me busy, yeah. Yeah. So what was like? Wh- how was keeping your your nutrition straight over there? It's not like again. I can't imagine that you you know you're going over to a Walmart or anything like that. Like it's mm-hmm. is it fresh food? Is it like how how was how did your diet maybe did it change as you went over there from living in Canada for so long? Um, did it change? So certainly it changed a little bit in terms of just what's available. So right. um, most of the stuff that we have here is available there. You know, there are a few things that are maybe a little more specialty that would be pretty common here. Like peanut butter was really hard to find. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not eaten over there. Right. Um, But then, you know, other things like, uh, I don't know. um, I'm trying to, I'm blanking right now. But there's there's other things that are obviously a lot more commonly Mm -hmm. over there than than they are here. So it, uh, but yeah, still doing a lot of fresh stuff. One of the things that's a big problem there is that it's a still a developing country in a sense. Right. It's not so they are really seeing a huge surge in uh, westernized fast foods and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. it's becoming so huge. just eat that. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot everything that you, we would get. Well, not everything. Most of the things that you could get here in terms of fast food and stuff is is has now since migrated over there Mm, mm -hmm. and they're seeing some pretty um huge spikes in uh obesity rates and stuff like that yeah like completely predictable totally yeah you can absolutely see that coming and it's so cheap and so easy to like replicate and just like copy and paste and you know hits all those terrible parts in your brain that goes like i like this this is i want to eat this all the time definitely yeah i i get that it's not by accident (laughs) well no yeah exactly it's it's like r&d and designed that way to just like and i'm i'm definitely in that i will say um you know i've been drinking this this flavored water it's the bubbly i don't know if this is um you know michael buble has been all over the 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 billboard ads and everything but when i have a sip of it it looks like i'm drinking like grape crush like it looks like the most sugary thing ever so i just wanted to let you know that i've (laughs) i've i've for the most part, like not even diet soda. Um, you know, Saturdays, Sundays, like I'll, I'll, I'll treat myself a little bit. I've, I've officially made that turnover. Um, and black coffee. So I'm, I'm yeah. making my moves. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, it's actually ridiculous. It's actually a little bit embarrassing just how hard that is. But that's why I was like, that's why I wanted to learn a little bit more about like the, the perhaps the, the adjustment in, like your own lifestyle, like you had such a huge shift in terms of like where you live and like where you buy your food and what's available and the cost of it all and all of that stuff. Like yeah. for me, that would really throw me off. Um, mm. And I would definitely like with everything being challenging, I would look for like the easy way out. And that would, I think, put me down a a pretty terrible, you know, eating lifestyle. So you must have had like a pretty rock solid, like with your, you know, um, your background as a dietitian, like yeah. you kind of knew what you were going to be looking for, I'm assuming. 
Yeah, I think for the most part, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It certainly helped that I wasn't working in, immediately, so I was able Fair. to 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 get out and and really um, scope out the the supermarkets. They do have large kind of similar super style supermarkets. They're not sure. quite as big as a, a a Walmart or a superstore or something like that mm-hmm. here, but. Um, uh, so I was able to anyways, go out and check everything out and really figure out what's available. Right. And, um, uh, so that, that was certainly not too bad from that perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that also constrained us initially was, was cost because I wasn't right. working, you know, we had had some savings that we wanted to try to make it, make a go of it using my wife's salary only. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we were cognizant of cost. So eating out, and so one of the things there, fast food is much more expensive than stuff you're buying. Oh, interesting. It's not yeah. cheap yeah. because it's almost like this premium. It's like a luxury. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. um, certainly you could get more Egyptian fast foods, falafels and other yeah. types of things that were relatively inexpensive. But if you wanted to go out for McDonald's, that was as expensive here as going out for a uh, a nice meal. Sure. So yeah, um, so that wasn't really an option for us, anyways, from that perspective. I, mm-hmm. To be honest, the diet thing wasn't really that much of a. I mean, I, it's because yours all rock solid for you, anyways. To start yeah, with, so we so. have a, You know, I happen to have maybe a a, a good skill set to to be able to do okay in that that mm-hmm. environment. One thing that we definitely struggled with was more the physical activity. Sure. So. Because of the heat, the heat didn't help, yeah. but more the infrastructure. It just doesn't exist there. You can't. You're running on the streets, or right. um, there's not. There's. They don't really like the sidewalks are overflowing from uh, with other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the markets are spilled over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything's spilling over onto the sidewalks. So you're on the streets. You know, you, it, you try to go out early in the mornings before mm-hmm. it gets a too hot and b too busy. Yeah. Right. Um, but there's just not, and you know, there's a lot of smog and, um, Oh really? Yeah, I guess so. It can be, there's just a lot of, a lot of vehicles on the street. So, mm-hmm. it, um, it, uh, that was more challenging for sure. It's yeah. certainly doable, um, but it, it was a much harder hill to climb, I guess. Okay. So you're living in Egypt, you're managing to stay in shape, you're managing to, to do all the things and, uh, probably better than than i would certainly have survived over there which is maybe why i haven't done it just yet <laughs> yeah. um and then so at what point did you like in your you're still kind of dealing with the infertility stuff um yeah. how like how was that through the duration of it was there a certain time where you're like okay we're just gonna like leave that alone we're gonna finish our time here and then like worry about it back when we go to canada like how did that kind of flow back through here yeah so we we took the first year off we're like we're not gonna worry about gotcha. the stuff we're we're Let's figure out <laughs> some other like, stuff to think about. We, just need to, we need to not think about this for mm-hmm. the next little while. Um, and then when we came back, we would come back to Canada in the summers. Um, yeah. So when oh, we came okay. back after the first year, um, uh, we were like, let's give it a shot. We can look into it and um, we can see if um, if we can get a referral or, or some sort of uh, find out if there's a clinic there. and. Mm-hmm. We'll look into it. So we did that. And so we started in that second year, um, probably about halfway through that second year was mm-hmm. 
the time before we got our first treatment again. Yeah. Um, and then we did, I think we did, if I remember correctly, three in that year. And then we did one more in the final year. Yeah. We were like, this one doesn't work. This is it. It's just not going to Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're still, these the doctors there, everything to the, in, the entire time, everything is normal. There's oh, nothing. man. We're, we're one of those unexplained, so we don't yeah. still have no idea. Still have Even no to idea. this day, like that, like fast forward all the years later, still yeah. not sure. Oh, my so God. The, yeah. only, the only thing that we can think of is that on my, on my wife's side, she, all of her family is very small. So yeah. we know that her mom had trouble. We know that her grandma on her dad's side had trouble. And um, that's about it. So yeah. probably, you know, there, we, we su- suspect there might be a genetic component there. Sure. But nothing specific. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So how yeah. are you dealing with this? I imagine that this is really, really tough on your wife. How are you? Like, I mean, you, you play a different role in this. And this hits yeah. this hits the guys, I think, a little bit differently than than the than the wives. So, like, how were you how are you doing the, throughout this journey? I'm sure, like, you started out at one point, like, I'm sure everything will be fine. And then, yeah. is there a point in time where you realize, like, oh man, like this is this is harder, and yeah. maybe you're you're looking at a different outcome than you originally were hoping for? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that for me. And this is something that we we struggled with. My wife and I struggled with is is I just wanted to give it my best shot. Yeah. By going through the enough fertility to at least give my mind an ease that it's it's just not going to happen. And it mm. took that much. My wife would have cut it off much sooner. She she would have been way ready to kind of go into the adoption phase, which is where we're at now. And we can talk about right. But if you want, but it it's. Um, it took me a long time to get there because so much of, of the starting the family and having kids for me, at least was that biological component, or at least what I fixated on it at that time. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wanting to be able to see yourself in, in your kid. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that was tough. That was abs- That was really tough for me, mm-hmm. uh, and um, I was. I really. I knew it was really tough on on my wife, right? Mm-hmm. Having to do these treatments, like I just have to be there for the most part, and exactly, and yeah. Produce my sample and yep. use it, and and and. But she had to go through, you know, weeks yes. of injections mm-hmm. and um, the discomfort, and I. Um, it was it was tough on her for sure, mm-hmm. and really um, appreciated and admired the fact that she did it because she towards the end she was doing that for me because it it she wow. would she wouldn't have done it if it was only up to her. Right, right. She yeah. was kind of wow. What a partnership! What a what a team that yeah. you guys like. What a I mean, you already kind of created a bond even i feel like even just getting married um i'm not sure exactly what your wedding was like but like a lot of I feel like weddings just having one is yeah. hard <laughs> just yeah. and all the people and the things that you have to deal with so it's like you become a team in that front and then on this side of things as well like you become you really discover like how you can really be there for each yeah. other and yeah. so she yeah and it you're never at the same place at the same time yeah. which can is always going to make things 
pretty difficult. So what was it that finally, like, where you, where, where did it kind of break for you? Where you're like, okay, I see where you're at. I'm with you now. Yeah, I mean, so they, so <laughs> in Egypt, they were maybe a little um, more willing to push the, uh, the amount of hormones that they put her on, the amount oh, wow. of, so they, so they were putting her on a pretty high dose to basically stimulate her to produce eggs and, um, and make sure that they would get a lot so that mm. they could, um, inseminate a lot and then potentially grow a lot before they would reimplant the embryo. Right. right? Um, so they were putting her on a lot of medication and probably more than they would have here in Canada at all. Yeah. The last, the last cycle, they, I remember that I still remember very distinctly the doctor coming in and indicating that they implanted five eggs. Wow. Just like, I almost fell off. You could have five babies. I exactly. I was like, just, I know like, they're dealing with like probability and stuff, but I, yeah, God. So <laughs> when that didn't work, it was like, okay, that's, yeah. that's, a, we can't go any further than, than mm. this. And to be honest, so at that, that, at that point, that was our 10th treatment. Oh right? my God. Total this is not expensive. Work. Like this sounds very expensive. So the, the IVF procedures, it ended up each subsequent one was a little bit more expensive in Egypt right? because we were using more and more medication. Mm-hmm. So, um, but they were still, even the most expensive one was still maybe a third of the cost of here in Canada. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, so they were. It was quite reasonable, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, compared and certainly, to... we, we couldn't have done that many here here in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, where the insurance that both myself and my wife had at the time covered basically one lifetime treatment of IVF. Yeah. So we got that first one done, and then that's when we had cut cut it off here, um, and then we were able to afford a few more. Since, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that happens and you then you realize okay we're yeah. maybe this isn't going to happen the way we thought yeah what is that even like what is that even conversation like like what is that realization for you like you're you're kind of the one that like wanted that like that that you're kind of on the tail end of that like yeah. how did you come to the realization for like what was that moment like well um i think we had come to the realization before it even didn't happen right it's like this is the sure, you knew the path so- so th- it's either going to happen or it, it's not, and that's that's it, right? So once it didn't happen, then we were like, okay, so we yeah. can put it at a, so, you know, we're getting older and we're like, if we want to start a family, but at the same time, if, if it isn't, if it isn't going to be our biological child, there's not quite as much of a, a rush. We can right. take some time to decide what we want to do next. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point, actually, that things kind of flipped for the two of us in that I was actually ready to start with exploring adoption before my wife ended up. Right. Being. And I think it, you know, it took completely understandable just to get to that, totally. that point. She did um, through a lot. <laughs> yeah. She'd been through a, an awful lot. So so we just, it took about a year, I think, after um, after that final procedure. So we had been, so we came home that summer. I think that final procedure was in the spring. We came home that summer. 
And then Lindsay started back up at work again. Mm-hmm. And by around Christmas, we had decided we were going to uh, pursue the adoption route. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So we've been kind of in that in that loop now for uh, the past three and a half years. Three and a half years. Why is it? Why is it so hard? I've definitely I've seen, um, and you know. I just hope nothing but for the best for you guys and like whatever you want to have happen. I hope that it sure. happens. Um, I have a friend of mine who um, her her system was just completely ravaged by her chemotherapy treatments after her breast cancer. And so um, like a natural conception was never going to happen or that's what they said. So they went through the adoption route. I watched her do that for years and then they adopted. And then when they're, I think their, their daughter turned, I think two or three. And then she found out she was pregnant. Oh yeah. Just like completely like, like this kind of miracle baby. And I, I, if that's like in the cards for you guys, I really do hope that I just always wonder too on the, on the adoption side, like for like, maybe it's more specific to you guys. Like what is, what's, the trick like what's the what's the hold up like, why do these things take so long and why are they so hard for people to it has to be so frustrating for you guys because it's what you want so badly and yep. you know on the other side you know you're probably watching people have kids that like they don't even either want or they grow up to really not like them or have all these very strange relationships you're just like all i wanted yeah. was this it really gets gotta be yeah i'm really sure happens. man of course yeah. of course yeah. Um, so why has the adoption thing taken so long? There's a, a, probably a few reasons. So, um, one is that there's not a lot of adoptions that happen. Um, there tends to be a pretty negative connotation around adoption, I think in general, particularly for people that don't have any experience with it. And I think, you know, before I started the process, you have some of those biases, you know, kind of yourself. I think that adoption is not always positively, you know, per, portrayed in the media. And um, it's so people don't look at that as necessarily a, a really viable option for themselves when they're mm-hmm. facing an unplanned pregnancy. So oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think that it's just not even an option for, for a lot of, a lot of uh, birth mothers who are, yeah. are looking uh, or who are facing that unplanned pregnancy. So um, that's a part of it. So right, you know, just to give you an idea, there's only, we work with the largest adoption agency in the province mm-hmm. and they do about 45 adoptions a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's not many, right? Um, so for uh, babies for baby like because that's that's sort of maybe the is that one of the limiters is that like you'd look for it like a newborn yeah yeah Yeah. so we wanted we want yeah for better or for worse we kind of want to experience the whole thing yeah no i'm with you man like i i I totally get it i I mean the entire wherever you land on that side of things it's i feel just a crazy journey i I don't even have the vocabulary to fully describe like what i feel how I feel about that. It's just, it's admirable. It's courageous. It's totally new. It's, it can be isolating because like not everybody does it. So like, and, and maybe the more common is for people to adopt a newborn baby, but like a lot of kids who are looking for adoption of all ages and probably have like a, I don't know if it's a harder or easier time getting a newborn versus like a three-year-old or a five-year-old or something like that out of maybe like a foster home or something like that. 
So it would certainly be easier if you're looking at getting an older child. Yeah. So I think yeah. most most adoptive couples are uh, tend to be looking for for a newborn. So, so do you need to like frame some of these other adoptive families that you're essentially competing with? Like, do we need to dig up some dirt <laughs> on some of these other families who are like looking to, you know, basically probably in the exact same situation you guys are like, yeah, great people, you know, got your heads on straight, got your careers and everything all good. But we need to just like derail them a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I can help with that. Yeah, I think we could do something. It, <laughs> it's certainly, I mean, it's, I think it's time. I think we've put in our time. You've done good. Yeah, yeah. man. You've like, you've traveled across, like basically <laughs> served for your yeah. country. Like yeah. really, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's frustrating as all hell. So how many years have you been stuck in that loop again? So it's been about three and a half years. Good uh, God. Yeah. We, have uh, you gotten close? Like, have you... Because yeah. there's, there's, oh no, oh so, no. Yeah. So we why got, did I ask the question? We got a call a month ago. Stop. Our, no, this is recent. Our first call and um, it's all good. So it, it was our first call and we had, so what ends up happening, right, is you, you put together a file um, yeah. and if the birth mother gets to look through all these files and find out which ones she's interested in um, and then you kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. So our file had been shown and selected as with another couple, and she yeah. wanted to meet us and find out uh, uh, who would be the best match. What picture did you use? There's got to be it's got to be like a like a more professional like Tinder. Yeah, there's lots people. of pictures. There's a whole like. Uh, uh, three or four pages of pictures that we uh, yeah like you like saving a kid from a like a terrible yeah, accident exactly. on the street like your superhero yeah. moments <laughs> you know like planting trees you Playing know all the things years, recycling yeah. yeah yeah all that stuff um, yeah and uh so anyway so yeah so she selected us and then we ended up getting a call two days before we were supposed to meet with her we were going to go down yeah. to calgary and um it turned out that the birth father who the birth mother was not no longer together with mm-hmm. had pledged that he was going to contest any adoption that if it were to proceed he wanted he wanted to parent the child and i we felt so bad for the birth mother we felt obviously no pretty disappointed ourselves but we weren't prepared to go through a potential court uh challenge yeah a, a poten- it would just did not uh so we ended up backing out so um so that was our first uh, our first call and we, to be honest at the in the, those you know 24 hours were pretty stressful but once we we came to the decision that it was just like this is too much mm-hmm. we've been pretty content with it and i think That's we, good. we just knew that it was the right decision and i haven't said we neither of us have second guessed it since so yeah. it it was easier to move on from that perspective yeah um, but, uh, hopefully we'll get another call relatively soon. So they had told us from the very beginning that it would be like a three to four year wait on average. Yeah. And, uh, so but you don't believe it. You don't want to believe it. Like you hear yeah. these things, you're like, what, that doesn't mean, like, how do you know? What do yeah. you know? Adoption yeah. agency only deals with this like a hundred percent of your time. Yeah. How yeah. are you like, I feel so terrible about that. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry to hear <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. And so like, was there any, like, was there any sense or was there any possibility that he would back out of that? Like, was that, was that not even like a, an outcome that you would want to wait around to see? Like, was that, I don't know. I don't know necessarily know how that works. Like once you lay well, claim to that, like, is that, 
do you have to? I'm not really yeah. sure. You could have walked away. So we could have, we could have stuck it out mm-hmm. uh, and hoped that he backed out on his own or, yeah. um, but the, the other thing too, is that all of the, the adoptions that we're looking at, and this is kind of standard practice in the province. And I think it's gaining much more um, common occurrence throughout everywhere is the idea of an open adoption. So, the birth parents would, in an open adoption scenario, the birth parents or birth mother maybe only, birth family, mm-hmm. would have an ongoing relationship with the kid to some extent. Right, right. They're going to know their their birth parents, um, mm-hmm. at least their birth mother. And it uh, that scared me maybe more so than Lindsay uh, when we first heard about it. But learning more about it, it, it really is better for everybody. Yeah. To, to have this situation and we didn't want to be involved in a scenario where even if we had come out successful being perceived by the birth father as the the people that took his kid right that makes sense yeah um, so we just didn't want that to be in that environment we want to kind of yeah. get off and everything to be as positive as as it can be when it comes to yeah. this um, I think that's the thing about like, I, you know, and I, we just had a very like relatively brief moment of even like talking about it. And it's, I like hearing more about it, like from your perspective of having living, lived through it, because there's like, if you're just looking at it from the surface level and even some of the ways that like, you kind of like look at something, you go like, if I were in that situation, I would do this or that. And it's like, you have really no idea. Like how you would handle that. Like what are all the factors and all the considerations that you're thinking about as information and new information is presented to you. And it's changing on a day to day, if not like minute to minute basis. So, you know, even that as soon as you kind of like provided that extra context of like, how would this dad feel in in the future? And like, how are you going to be connected to this person? It's like, it's forever. Yeah. And it's a very it's a very pivotal moment in everybody's lives that will leave you unchanged or leave you changed forever. So in that sense, like you provide like a lot yeah. of clarity on that, in which case like or, and without that, I was like, I'm mean, not really sure. But that that seems super clear to me. And I'm trying to understand as well how you're you seem to be doing good with it. Like you seem, I feel like just overall, like your personality is very Zen. Like, I'm not sure. Like, is there, is there something to that in terms of like your, some sort of background of just your approach to, to life seems very, very cool. Like very just, whereas you know me, (laughs) you know me, I'm all like, what the hell is going on? And I'm all like, you know, second guessing and everything's terrible and but great, manic, (laughs) depressive, all that stuff. You're, you seem a little bit more, level is that an accurate sort of like total assumption since this is the first time we've ever chatted yeah i think that's probably fair i mean i think that uh um yeah i think that my personality has probably helped the situation my work yeah definitely a little bit more up and down and i'm a pretty 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 level um so uh yeah i mean i try to look at things pretty pretty rationally all the time and try to look at try to put myself in the other people's shoes like so you know, I think that, don't get me wrong, I think what the, the birth father did in that situation was pretty shitty, particularly yeah. to the birth mom, because yeah. he had agreed to this process um, uh, from the beginning and hadn't 
you know, he wasn't as into the, from what we understand anyways, he wasn't as into the, the whole situation as she was, but he had consented. He had done all, went through all the steps and, mm-hmm. and to kind of put the, this on her last minute, I don't think was a, um, a real great thing for him to have done. That said, yeah. they were young. I think yeah. you know, 22, something like that. And, and, um, you know, I, but that, all that said is, I, you know, cause when we started telling, like, cause we had let my parents and Lindsay's parents know and we hadn't things let things are happening. Yeah. Things might be happening and we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll have to see. And, um, uh, they were, you know, all obviously very much on our side. And I, I yeah. found myself in the position. I was like, I don't want to judge this kid too much. Cause you know, I don't know. And you know, I can only appreciate that he's freaking out right now. And you know, so mm-hmm. I, it 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 was just it's just a tough situation and at the end of the day the we we are not going to know we don't we're not going to end up knowing what ends up happening which is yeah yeah that's the weird. you completely remove yourself from the situation so yeah. but one of the options that the social worker we were chatting with said is that this might force the the girl to end up parenting the child parenting herself. a kid no kidding because she doesn't want him to have custody full custody so in order for her to be able to keep custody and not mm-hmm. not be able to contest it she might have to parent the kid my god and this kind of stuff happens all the time i'm sure i well so this particular situation is not super common apparently yeah. what we were told it's just like a once in a five year sort of situation oh of course yeah lucky for you guys yeah. what great odds <laughs> exactly. yeah, awesome yeah. thank yeah, you yeah. yeah yeah so um so yeah, so that's that's where we're at. I mean, we're we've we've moved quite high up the list, though, right? So yeah, you know, we're much more likely to have our files shown moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, and the more placements that happen, the more likely ours will will happen too. So, um, would you guys take twins? Like, would you guys take like twins or or multiple like triplets? Like, what if triplets show up and you're like, you're next in line? Like, what? Do you, so we you pass that up. Yeah. So you end up having to. It's a very strange thing, right? You end up having yeah. to fill out like these forms of what are you willing to accept? What's, right. Uh, what's what are so and this involves everything, like mm-hmm. anything that you can think of. You you have to check yes or no or yeah. age, you know, ethnicity, some like disabilities, health, yeah, five maternal, fingers, or ten maternal history, and yeah. Uh, so we have said yes to multiple births. I can't remember if it we've says stipulated two only. Or yeah. except I think we've said just yes to multiple births. I think that my God. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my yeah. god. My Chelsea's yeah. friends um with a family who had um they they had triples the same sex marriage and they had um they had two identical twins and then a third. Yeah. I don't even know how that works, but like I guess that's all part of the you know, you 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 implant like more yeah. than more than a couple of eggs and like who knows what can happen and so yeah they've got they've got three kids just like boom all at once going from like no kids to well i guess a pregnancy so nine months later the three kids thing boom. is my wife's dream she's like then we're done we that's it we, we yeah and that's fair it. enough done. good point yeah um, if you're in the adoption cycle then yeah because you don't want to <laughs> wait like another you want to yeah. go through that whole process again actually that, that's a good point yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I think that she's potentially overlooking the uh, some of the stress associated with having two uh, two newborns. But 
Um, I get it. I get actually, you know what? I was, I was originally on the side of like, golly, that would be completely devastating. Uh, mostly because there was, there was a time when, um, we were looking, I'm pretty sure it was, well, actually I had this moment for both Ellie and for Lincoln where like the ultrasound thing is happening and I'm just waiting for like the news of either something horrendous where, and that happened, actually that was with Ellie where I realized like, oh, this could be a bad appointment. Like this whole, like with, with Lincoln, it was like, okay, let's see this kid. Like, we're going to find out what he is, all this stuff. And then, and when, when Ellie came around, I'd, I'd come to know the process a little bit more and like what they're looking for. Like, it's a bonus of learning if this is going to be a boy or girl. Like, what they're really looking for oh, is yeah, yeah. some serious stuff. And I remember thinking, like, I'm not ready for bad news. Mm. Uh, I don't even know why I ended up thinking about, about that, but oh, right. Because of the twins. Cause I'm like, if I, you can, cause you can see it pretty clear. Yeah. Like if I see two kids in there, like, I don't know what I'll do. Man. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. But yeah, I could see it for, for adoption. I could see that being like a, I could see being a plus man. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So what, one of the things that we have checked the yes, yes box to is uh, what they call an instant placement. So sometimes uh, birth mothers don't uh, decide. They've probably been thinking about it for a while, but they haven't decided that they want to place their child for adoption mm. until they go to the hospital. I can't imagine. Holy cow. So they end up, you know, the adoption agencies get called, the social workers are brought in and they have to make a decision really quickly. And mm. this happens apparently in something around the neighborhood of 40% of all of adoptions. So we oh, wow. checked the yes box because we didn't want to potentially miss out on a sizable amount of, opportunities to adopt yeah of course so because uh, you're ready and you've been ready for a while for, for ready this, psychologically you... i feel mm-hmm. like <laughs> we've got some stuff that we probably are going to be really scrambling trying to uh, purchase and uh oh, that'll be prep fun. all that stuff but yeah so so if we were to get twins in an instant placement that would, that would be <laughs> <a bit> crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i can't wait to chat with you in like four weeks <laughs> When it actually, when, when this happens yeah, yeah. and yeah, multiples just show up, like basically yeah. like the stork drops them off. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow, man. So like how, I mean, like how do you prepare in that way? Like, are you guys, are you planners in that way? Or are you like, would you rather be more prepared? Or are you good with kind of like where you're at knowing that that could kind of just get dropped off at your door, so to speak? Well, I think. Uh, I'm very, I'm very much a planner. I yeah. plan everything. I have as many to do lists probably as you, if not more. So like, you're probably better I, at getting through them though. <laughs> I, I definitely have a lot of lists. So, um, but for this situation, um, I think that there's in the back of my head, all this stuff that I know that I'll need to do, mm-hmm. but there's, there's a bit of a hesitation, I think in actually doing it all Yeah, because then you're going to be waiting. And I don't, yeah. and one of the things they told us right from the very beginning of this whole adoption process was try to live your life. Don't yeah. try not to let this consume you. It'll happen when it happens. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I got, so we're sitting in what will be the baby's room. I'm sitting yeah. right now, but there's almost nothing in here. We, yeah. you know, we picked up a few things. We don't have like a crib or anything. We don't That's have great. They won't, they won't be there for the first while. I know, I know, but we don't have anything. So I, yeah. I understand that. But if this was like almost any other situation, being who I am, I would have mm-hmm. do, do everything like 
planned right out and have everything right ready to go. But there's something in this psych- psychologically that I don't want to get my hopes up and I don't mm-hmm. want to put myself in that mindset where I'm just waiting yeah. for it. I'm trying to just just live and try to continue doing everything that I do and not have an expectation that it's going to happen soon. There was even there was even a little bit of that um as as we were expecting Lincoln and um not necessarily the exact same kind of mentality but certainly like a don't count your chickens mm-hmm. type of type yeah. of situation and yeah it's it's tricky because like you're like mentally you're ready you've done all the preparation in terms of like in either case whether like your wife is pregnant or if you're expecting an adoption or something like there's all these things that you can do but at the same time like yeah life is life is happening right now so you definitely have to like how so how do you go about doing that like how can you live your life now knowing that this is something that you've signed up for that could happen very very suddenly like what is your day-to-day these days day-to-day is not much different than i think it would i don't think it's really any different i think it's literally been the same um yeah and then so a thousand push-ups when you wake up a thousand push-ups before you go to bed yeah this is yeah 50 50 crunches an hour okay got it um so it's it's been the same. So we haven't stopped like making well, we've stopped making travel plans because of the pandemic. But we haven't stopped, sure. you know. Be, we would still plan our regular trips. We still do our regular stuff. And you know, mm-hmm. if it happens, then we just have to cancel. You know, yeah. that's it is yep. what it is. And we'll we'll adjust that stuff if we have to, if and when mm-hmm. we have to. But we're just doing our regular stuff. And yeah. That's how we've done it. We've notified, you know, you, you, I've notified my supervisor. Lindsay's notified her, her administrator that, you know what, we could get placed. And if we get a place, I really hope you do, man. Yeah, it'll happen. I'm not, I'm, totally that I have will. no doubt. My wife's getting a little antsy because she's like, yeah, I don't sure. want to be like 60 years old and my kids <laughs> high school and that stuff. So like, um, yeah, so she's, she's getting a little bit more antsy. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'd be shocked if it's another two years before it happens. I think, mm-hmm. I think that we're, we're coming up on it. it it's going to happen, you know, in the next year or two. It's going to be, it's going to be so great. I love, I love seeing in, in any case, whether, however it happens, I love seeing people like so looking forward to it and then having it happen, yep. you know, as opposed to like, there's so many other ways that it can all go, especially like when you look at adoption, you kind of see like what scenario people find themselves in that case. And like, it's obviously the exact opposite yeah. of what you want in terms of, yeah, what you actually want. So I really, really hope this happens like when it, at the right, you know, probably Christmas day, yeah. you know what I mean? Like why not <laughs> like in the middle of stuff and yeah. everything's happening Christmas day, get a Christmas baby. That would be, you know, that actually be very poetic in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it. Like I, I have I'm no hopeful doubt. For it, you. I'm hopeful for you, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the deal. I had, I have so many other questions mm-hmm. that I want to get to that, but I don't think that we have the time tonight to talk about them, but I want to have you back on because, and it might be even a more timely thing um, in a couple of weeks here. Cause I need to talk to you about, um, about food and exercise oh, yeah. and all of this other stuff. Of course. Um, so I want to, I want, and so I want to, uh, we should book it. We'll, we'll end it pretty soon here. Okay. Um, do you want people to find you on the internet? Do you want to be like on, on, on the Twitter or whatnot? Do you want to like sure. let people know where I, to, I to chat with you? Marcus O'Neill 79. 
So we, yeah. we could do that. Um, yeah, I usually just tweet at Sean or a few of the other yeah. <laughs> podcasts. That's that's usually my extent of my social media. But yeah. Well, I've I've been really appreciative of your support and also your encouragement as well as I try to live my younger years and <laughs> get back into shape a little bit. I want to talk to you about that, um, but it'll it will be for another time for sure. sure. Um, but thanks for thanks for being so open and everything, man. I just I hope the absolute best for you guys. I and I feel like you're you've got the right energy for it. Like you've got the right energy for like being a dad for just like the situation that you find yourselves in. Like you you're that that level headedness is that's gonna pay dividends big time, man. Until like it just throws everything yeah. off, yeah. and you'll be like, what the heck? <laughs> that's right. But yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it, man. So thanks for your time tonight, man. No, this I has been awesome it. to catch up. Yeah, it was good to chat. Really appreciate it. Send all of your positivity, all the positive thoughts. If you're, if you know Dragon Ball, send all of the spirit energy. Let's have, let's have Marcus become uh, Goku, and he'll raise his hands above his head, and instead of a spirit ball, it'll be a, it'll be a baby. Let's do that. Is that how? I think that's how that can happen. Let's, let's try it. Have we tried it? Why are you guys knocking that idea? Why are you knocking it? Thank you, Marcus, for being so open with your journey, dude. What a life. This is a. This is like, it's, it's sad. You, you, you only live once, and I'm not living like Marcus O'Neill. I've never been to Egypt. What a life, man. Holy crap. I love doing this thing. I love talking to so many people, and Marcus and I, I'm very lucky. He's been very kind to me. He's continuing to, you know, check in. We continue to chat. It's been awesome. This, this, this conversation, by the way, happened a little while ago, so it's kind of nice that he hasn't completely, like, abandoned me. Thank you, Marcus, for that. And thank you to you, listener, for not abandoning me either. You continue to support the show. It continues to, to grow. It continues to have people want to be on it. That's that's pretty awesome. I haven't screwed it up yet, knock on wood. Anyways, um, so yeah, we're, we're at the end. Did you have fun? I hope you guys are good. Uh, uh, you can also check out other things that I do. You can you can go onto the Twitter, at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. If you have a podcast of your own, it'd be cool if you'd be like, hey, I was listening to We The Gamer Cast, and you had this guy, Marcus O'Neill. It was amazing. It was such a great conversation that they had, and it's just kind of like, like I, if you want me to write a script for you, I can totally like send you some copy. You could just... I can send you a couple bucks too if you need to just talk about you know we the gamer cast on your own on your own pot. Is that weird? Is that weird? It's okay. Is that is it too late now to talk about Patreon? Patreon.com slash you Capri. <laughs> By the way, speaking of the Patreon, um I don't know how else to like really put this out there, but like Ryan Turford is now a paid member of the Patreon. So when you support patreon.com slash you Capri, you are supporting Ryan Turford as well. And that's because he has taken on all the editing for the Xbox Drive, the audio, and now the video. He's doing a lot of work. And I have to say, Bobby the Nintendo Guru said it best in the in the comment section on our YouTube channel. Um, I'll, you know what? I should actually just say it in his own words, otherwise it kind of almost sounds like I'm just I'm just bragging. But I'm gonna run out of time. I'm basically gonna run out of time. He he <laughs> I'm totally not even finding it. He he complimented how good it sounded. I think it sounds great, and it's all because of Ryan, and he's a magi- magician. And if you guys want to continue to listen to the We the Gamer cast, continue to do so. Support the Xbox Drive on YouTube. Please sub, let's get to two hundred. Let's get to a thousand. We'll get to partner or something, and then we're gonna do Jason. I'll be back next week with Foolish Fuji. She's coming next week. Jason! 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 Sean! Sean!
Jason! Jason! Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!